Meet the Skywalkers by Frodogenic. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Chapter 6 I don't, huffed Piet, see why it has to be me. Are you suggesting it should be Father? Coltsno, why not Vinka? Piet stuck a thumb at the captain, who cast a reproachful look at him over his nerf stick. While the situation vis-a-vis -vis what, for lack of a better term, Piet was forced to call the legitimate galactic government remains dicey, Skywalker had finagled the father-in-law of one of his two hundred students into running them regular shipments of surplus military rations. Since said rations were always less than five years old, Piet had chosen to overlook the fact that they always arrived in a red Star Destroyer, one glimpse of which travesty had sent Vader into his hyperbaric chamber for forty-nine straight hours. He doesn't have the diplomatic experience you do. Skywalker salted his thola beans serenely. No offense intended, Captain. Venka made a noise indicating that he would never dream of taking offense at anyone related to Darth Vader. I have experience in not stepping on your father's toes, Piet growled. That's not the same thing. Hmm. Skywalker studied the ceiling. You're right, politicians are a lot touchier. Piet glared at him and Venka, too. The captain's fit of coughing couldn't be coincidental. It had been almost two standard months since the executor's now legendary arrival at Ariadu, and what a two months they had been for opinion columnists, paparazzi, hollow journalists, political pundits, not to mention the legislative broadcast channel, which citizens had actually begun to watch for reasons other than needing to be bored to sleep. Piet had reviewed some of the deliberations that had taken place in the princess's absence, and he had to admit all the shouting and panicking and posturing had made quite exciting viewing, especially since the senators allowed so few facts to interfere with their proceedings. Borskfalia, the Bothan leader of the opposition, had championed the Blast Them to Fragments faction. Others called for Vader's arrest and trial, still others for re-banishing the entire ship, and the senator from Dordura had solemnly suggested euthanizing them all, hiring a taxidermist, and transforming the ship into a traveling museum exhibit. New Republic naval officers itching to hold surprise live-fire exercises in Araidu had raised all manner of hell over Skywalker's unilateral decision to install himself on the Executor as a human shield, unaware that the only person more displeased with this arrangement than they were was Vader himself. The embassy from the Imperial Remnant had lodged seventeen protests, and the major galactic news networks aired footage of riots and demonstrations across the galaxy as a routine hourly segment. The princess, when she had finally addressed the Senate on this wild turn of events, had dropped the galaxy's jaws even further by announcing that, however little she or the Senate might currently like it, it had ratified the Bastion Accords between the New Republic and the Galactic Empire. Consequently, since they had been active-duty naval Imperial personnel at the time, not only the crew of the Executor but Lord Vader himself were protected from prosecution by the New Republic for any actions prior to the ratification. As Chief of State, she was bound to uphold the law, the integrity of the Republic must not be sacrificed to a desire for vengeance, etc., and so on. Twelve million lawsuits were filed across the galaxy before she had even finished speaking, and the case rocketed to the Supreme Court of the New Galactic Republic before the week was out, only for the justices to determine that not only was the Chief of State's interpretation perfectly correct, but that the Accords also granted every man-jack aboard the Executor the option to void his Imperial citizenship and become a voting citizen of the Republic if he wanted. Darth Vader not excluded. 
whereupon a second tsunami of lawsuits crashed into the courts, asserting that the Bastion Accords were invalidated by the fact that the representatives of the Galactic Empire had acted without the imprimatur of the Galactic Empire's rightful ruler, namely Lord Vader. The Supreme Court cleared its throat uncomfortably and referred the question of the Imperial succession to the Imperial Remnant, which dithered for weeks over whether it was more frightened of acknowledging Vader or denying him. Out of patience with both sides, Vader had dragged a few petrified reporters onto the executor and resolved the crisis in five minutes with three consecutive press releases, the first declaring himself emperor retroactively since the Battle of Endor, the second stating his acceptance of the Bastion Accords as enacted, and the third announcing his abdication, effective immediately. The Imperial Remnant heaved a sigh of relief, the Supreme Court dismissed the case, and the Senate found itself with no recourse but to protest the Imperial invasion of the Ariadu system. While Skywalker was sabotaging Vader's holocom unit to prevent him from calling the reporters back and threatening to demonstrate what a real invasion of Ariadu would look like, the princess busied herself with soothing the Senate's ruffled feathers, promising to personally redress the matter with appropriate Imperial representatives right away. By the time it was discovered that this phrase meant Admiral Firmus Piet, it was too late for him or the Senate to object. And as if the prospect of what was sure to be his brief and star-crossed career in diplomacy wasn't enough to make him sick to his stomach, there was Skywalker's plan for getting him to Coruscant. "'And I don't see why I can't take my own shuttle,' Piet continued tattily, impaling a hapless pile of peas on his fork. "'Because if the media gets a whiff of a Lambda shuttle broadcasting the executor's transponder code, they'll make a swarm of starved piranha beetles look civilized,' said Skywalker." He reached for the salt as he spoke, without looking, but an instant later he put the shaker down and left his fingers next to it, waiting. A moment later, the oblivious Venka looked up from his plate and said, "'Could I trouble you to pass the salt, Master Skywalker?' "'Certainly,' said Skywalker. Piet wondered if it was exhausting, always reigning in that sixth sense so as not to alarm the Venkas of the universe. Vader had never bothered. "'An admiral ought to travel on his own military transport.' he said stubbornly, sneaking into the capital system on an unmarked personal transport like some sort of criminal. It's disgraceful. Skywalker shrugged. Did he even know there was any other way to arrive peacefully in a system? A means to an end, Admiral. Besides, if someone decides to take a shot at you en route, you want a quality pilot at the helm. I have several very talented pilots on my crew roster, Piet groused. They received some of the best training the Empire had to offer. Yes, said Skywalker. But my wife received the very best. Piet pursed his lips in a tight, worried line. Mara Jade Skywalker's impeccable education had covered more topics than Starcraft operation. He was not particularly thrilled about the prospect of spending seventy-two hours in hyperspace aboard a cramped yacht with a woman who could probably murder him a different way every thirty minutes without getting past Aurek in the assassination encyclopedia. Besides, Skywalker added, she's looking forward to it. I don't doubt it, Piet muttered. After dinner, he went off to the bridge. Preyed on by the awareness that it was the last time he'd set foot on his bridge for weeks, he dragged up every section chief one by one for debriefing, then pursued them back to the ops pits and harrowed the lieutenants and ensigns, checking all the statuses and reports and watch schedules for the fifteenth time in fear of overlooking some vitally important detail without which the whole ship would disintegrate in his absence. The fact that everybody appeared totally in command of their responsibilities provoked him to no end. A quarter hour or so before the watch changed over, Vader made his appearance, giving the crew a cursory glance before taking up his preferred brooding spot at the viewports. Piet left off grilling Ensign Shimmel about the comms logs and joined him, folding his hands behind his back. Admiral, 
You are prepared for your departure tomorrow. As prepared as I can be, sir. Diplomacy is at my forte, but I'll do my best. I have no doubt you will do well, Vader said. Piet blinked in surprise at the stars. Thank you, my lord. I'll report often, as opportunity affords, of course. Is there anything else you require of me before I leave the ship? Leave the ship. He was actually going to do that. Leave his commander and men and the lady behind him for the first time in twenty-eight years. It was downright indecent. He plucked unhappily at the cuff of his jacket. Vader eyed him with disgust. Incredible as it may seem, I am capable of commanding a ship without you, Admiral. Of course, my lord, Piet said reflexively. They watched the stars for a moment or two. For two whole weeks. Slowly, Vader's helmet rotated towards him. There followed a very long silence, during which Vader presumably debated what form of execution best answered to the occasion, while Piet studied his final words with the morbid satisfaction of a coroner inspecting a fatal chest wound on a corpse. This, he decided, is what comes of consulting with rebels. Well, he'd had a good long run. What did it come to? Twenty-eight years, four months, and I asked thirteen days. At least he'd have the consolation of knowing he'd set a record no one else would ever equal. Perhaps even as many as three, said Vader. Piet waited. He waited for what seemed an age, but which, according to the chrono on the bulkhead, was about fifteen seconds. Vader went back to surveying the stars. With macroevolutionary leisure, the thought crawled into Piet's forebrain that he was not going to die at this moment in time. He had cracked a joke at Darth Vader and survived it. The sentence sounded so preposterous that he swallowed a few times and breathed experimentally through both nose and mouth, in case Vader had begun to throttle him and he just failed to notice. Well, my lord, he got up finally, I suppose it's not as though I'm leaving you entirely to your own devices. No doubt your son will keep you occupied. Vader shifted. He will be departing with you and his wife. Piet cleared his throat. Indeed, my lord. My impression from him earlier was that he intended to stay. Vader crossed his arms with the attitude of a man prepared to stare down the stars until doomsday. His intentions are irrelevant. He will be departing. Ah, one of those arguments again. Vader ordering Skywalker off the premises. Skywalker retorting that he wasn't going anywhere. Vader resorting to some variation of I am your father. Skywalker countering with an improvisation on the theme of you can't tell me what to do. Vader making a hasty jab at the apocryphal Kenobi's supposedly pernicious influence. Skywalker retaliating with yet another cryptic Jedi proverb until it was a marvel the poor old lady didn't blow her hole plating out under the stress. The show ran performances about three or four times a week, and always concluded with Vader meditating, definitely not pouting, in his hyperbaric chamber, and Skywalker tinkering, definitely not hiding, in the hangar bay until the respective tempers cooled to something less reminiscent of molten durasteel. There was, of course, going to be a flaming row in the hangar tomorrow, and Vader was going to be beside himself when he lost it. At least I'll be out of the system by then. As you say, my lord, I expect his wife will be pleased to have him back. Vader spun on his heel and stalked off the bridge, no doubt to go meditate on which precise sin had doomed him to having reformed smugglers and assassins for children-in-law. It took Piet barely five minutes' acquaintance with Mara Jade Skywalker to see why Vader had been so stunned by his son's bombshell announcement. He arrived at the hangar some ten minutes after she landed and found her octopus around her husband at the bottom of the ramp, apparently having spent all of those ten minutes with her mouth suction clamped to his. 
He couldn't make out much besides a lot of black leather, a badly mussed-up blaze of Titian hair, and the words, Crethit farm boy, why do you have to bring a chaperone? Skywalker laughed and set her down, turning to Piet with no signs of embarrassment whatsoever. Admiral, I'd like you to meet my wife, Mara. Mara, this is Admiral Firmus W. Piet of Axilla, aged 68, son of Tellus and Magna Piet, older brother to Carilla. Formerly of the Axilla and anti-pirate forces, handpicked by Lord Vader as keelplate captain of the Executor, promoted to Admiral upon the expiration of Kendall Ozzel during the Battle of Hoth. She raised an eyebrow at her husband. Farm boy here likes to forget I had a life before he showed up. Piet coughed. He did give me to understand that you had been an imperial operative, ma'am. Mara elbowed Skywalker in the ribs. Ma'am, you hear that? Take notes, farm boy. Sorry, we outer rim hicks and rebel scum don't go in for formality, Skywalker said, but he kissed her hair gallantly. Nice try, Master Jedi, but don't think you're off the hook yet. I have a very long to-do list that's been piling up. She insinuated herself under his arm, walked a pair of fingers up his chest, and tapped him on the lips. Lots of physical labor. Piet stared at Skywalker's open, earnest face and no-nonsense workaday clothes, then at his wife's exotic green eyes, chiseled cheekbones, and vacuum-sealed patent leather, and wondered if a less likely-looking couple had ever been spotted at an altar. Apart from Skywalker's own parents, of course. Mara's gaze flashed to Piet. For an instant he feared she had heard his thoughts. I'm so sorry, Admiral. We must be making you uncomfortable. Her eyes were dancing devilishly. She wasn't sorry in the slightest. Not at all, ma'am, he said doggedly. It's an honor to meet you. Your husband would seem to be a very lucky man. There's no such thing as luck, said Skywalker, tucking her against his side. Oh, really? she purred. Because I think you're pretty damn lucky I didn't kill you twenty years ago. Huh. Well, look at these baby blues, and you were over the moons of Yego. She jabbed an index finger into his pectorals. Watch it, farm boy. I can still off you some night in your sleep. But my love, he grinned, just think how much you'd miss me. I'll cope. There's always Lando. Ouch. He clutched at his heart. You know what, just for that I'm staying here. You do that. Far be it from me to interrupt your vacation with Daddy Dearest. She softened the words with another kiss, then made a face at his shirt. You've been wearing this thing since you got here, haven't you? She darted a look at Piet, hasn't he? No, said Piet, who had not previously noticed. Detergent had run out something like a decade ago. Mara narrowed her eyes at Skywalker. I knew it. Seriously, you couldn't have taken the three minutes before you left to grab a change of clothes. My love, I married you so I wouldn't have to worry about these things. She smacked him. If you wanted a housewife, you picked the wrong woman, farm boy. Ah, so you didn't bring me back? She glared at him. It's in the cabin. That's my girl. He grinned and started up the ramp. Do us all a favor and put on something that's been washed this month. He made her a melodramatic bow. She blew him a kiss. Piet cut his gaze to the ceiling, where Skywalkers born with a genetic compulsion to make a spectacle of themselves. Probably. But the moment the object of Mars affections was out of sight, her coquettishness vanished too. The ruthlessly analytical quality now occupying her piercing green eyes was what he imagined Vader's regard might be like if the mask were removed. He certainly had no difficulty at all picturing her in the role of the Emperor's hand. So, she said, twenty-five years straight and the man in black hasn't throttled you yet. He really has gone to the dogs, hasn't he? She's way out of your depth, Pian told himself. Vader doesn't need you to defend him, he told himself. So, of course, the next words out of his mouth were, Lord Vader remains the same capable and efficient commander he has always been. You really think so, don't you? 
he drew himself up indignantly. I wouldn't have said it if I didn't, ma'am. She laughed. Don't push the Faithful Companion Act too far, Admiral. I know better than that. She hooked a thumb in her pocket and wandered away from the ship, taking in the bay. I have to say, it's kind of nice to be back aboard the Lady again. She favored him with a smile. There may be other superstar destroyers, but she's the grandest old dame of the bunch. Well, at least she had good taste in ships. More than could be said for Solo. Piet beamed. She's a bit worse for wear, Mum, but I wouldn't trade her for the galaxy. When were you last aboard her? Three months before Endor, if memory serves. She turned in a circle. Her fingers played idly along the hilt of her lightsaber. Turn and burn en route to an undercover op on Calathron. I expect life has changed a great deal for you since the war, Piet ventured. Oh, you'd be amazed how exciting life with farm boy can be. I think I have some idea, he said dryly. The fruit doesn't fall that far from the juju tree. She glanced at him with a smile that had about the same effect on him as a mysterious ripple in a lake, possibly an innocent fluke of the wind, but possibly a ravenous Sando Aqua monster. Yes, but the fruit's so much more pleasurable than the juju tree. Wouldn't you agree, father mine? Piet abruptly registered the rasp of the respirator behind him and half-turned. Vader stood several paces away, just beyond the lift, thumbs hooked in his belt and fingers hovering near his lightsaber. Jade, he growled. Uh-uh, Jade Skywalker. As you wish. Oh, farm boy has him saying it, too. She gave him a frank once-over hand to toe. Piet could practically hear Vader's blood boil at the term farm boy. Thank the goddess Skywalker chose that moment to reemerge from the ship, decked out in a fresh shirt as ordered, with a duffel slung over his shoulder. You keep saying farm boy like it's some kind of insult. He kissed her again. Father, wife, wife, father. I've known him longer than you have, you know, Mara said dryly. Which is why I'm staying here to catch up. You, Vader thundered at him, are departing on that ship imminently. Skywalker cats a long-suffering look at the ceiling. I told you, father, I'm not leaving. And I have tolerated your reckless insubordination long enough. Your presence aboard this ship is neither required nor desired. Leave. Skywalker's monumental patience had hit its limit. He inhaled sharply. You, well, that's a plot twist, said Mara loudly. I seem to recall something about a two billion credit alive only reward, no disintegrations, twelve destroyer cert squadrons, mass bounty hunter hirings, and the grade five max security block kept clear 24-7 with a damn mint on the pillow all ready for him. She turned to Piet. Am I remembering all that right? Skywalker laughed under his breath, but Vader whipped towards her with the anger-propelled speed of yore. You would do well to remember some respect, Emperor's hand. Oh, I can remember lots of things. Out swam another of her ripple-on-the-water smiles. Sure you want to go down that road? Skywalker needed the bridge of his nose. Mara, maybe you should give us a minute to sort this out. She chucked him gently under the chin. I have a better idea. How about you hop back aboard and give Ben a call quick? You'll make his day. He frowned immediately between wife and father. I don't think, don't think, good plan. In the best traditions of the Skywalker name, I like it, shoo. Skywalker studied her another moment, then heaved a sigh. All right, five minutes, call if you need me. With a pointed, we're not done here, and don't you dare mistreat my wife, look at his father, he tossed a duffel bag towards the lift and went back up the ramp, leaving Mara faced off with Vader. It shouldn't have looked anything like a fair fight, but that smile of hers, yes, this was an excellent time for one firmest WPN to go be very obviously absorbed in checking his luggage.
Let's you make it one thing straight. Farm boy's got it in his head that it's his job to run interference between you and the rest of the universe. And in case you missed it, he's taking a hell of a lot of friendly fire to do it. Let's face it, you've got exactly one actual friend in the entire galaxy. Piet looked up, saw her chin jerk in his direction, and threw the suitcase lit up to hide behind. Which is why he's not going to get any more flack from you. Starting now. Watch where you tread. Emperor's hand. The word struck out like a wedding stone putting an edge on a dagger. I will not harm my son, but you are another matter entirely. Piet's heart leapt into his mouth. He hadn't heard that particular brand of possessive malice from Vader since their Skywalker hunting days. Instantly he realized that the Dark Lord's scathing threats against Solo had been made pro forma. Solo merely irritated him. Mara Jade he considered a threat. Between Vader and his son lay sacred ground that he allowed nobody to violate and live, be he emperor of the whole Crefing galaxy, and Mara had planted her flag right in the heart of it. Wife of his son, mother of his grandchild, Piet wasn't sure either status would protect her if the scale tipped even a hair too far. Her smile hardened, and Piet saw an angry tick in the corner of her mouth. She knew the ice was thin, and she was marching out on it anyway. You won't harm him? You have a toll-free hyperlane right into his heart. And the first chance you got, you flew a Death Star into it and lit him up like Alderaan. He still wakes up with a Bespin nightmare now and then. He went through hell for you at Endor, and he's still going through hell for two decades because he admits to being your son. And now that you've finally decided to grace us all with your presence again, you're giving him more hell for sticking up for your undeserving butt against his actual friends. Around here we call that harming someone. You're not doing any more damage on my watch. Whoever had taught Mara Jade Skywalker the art of verbally eviscerating a man had been a master. At the word Bespin, Vader jerked back as though he'd been struck across the face. Piet had stopped pretending to rummage through his case. He didn't even dare to breathe. Silence stretched, taut as a bowstring. What do you want from me? Vader finally asked. What is done is done. Mara's aggressive posture relaxed a notch. A truce. I don't like you particularly, I never have, but Luke's more important to both of us, so hate my guts from here to Tatooine if you want, but as far as farm boy's concerned, I love you, you love me, bygones are bygones, blasters are buried, and so forth. Vader crossed his arms. And that is all. One more thing. You don't ever, ever tell him to leave you again, she said softly. You mean the galaxy to him. Let him have his father for a change. She held out her hand. Do you? Vader continued to impersonate a monolith for another few seconds. Then he abruptly reached past her outstretched hand and lifted her chin gently with thumb and forefinger. I was hasty in my judgment. He did well to choose you. A blush nearly the same flaming shade as her hair suddenly ran into Mrs. Hard-Bitten Imperial Operative's cheeks. Piet ducked behind his suitcase to conceal a kilometer-wide grin, so even the unflappable Emperor's hand was not quite immune to Vader's caprices. Perhaps the next seventy-two hours wouldn't be as trying as he'd feared. And our deal? she demanded. Vader dropped his hand. I will do as you ask. And what exactly would that be? Skywalker's voice cut in. He had stopped halfway down the boarding ramp, bestowing suspicious looks equally on his wife and his father. 
Nothing to fret about, dear, said Mara. I just figured this was my best chance to get my lightsaber autographed by the artist himself. Vader glanced down at the battered old hilt on her hip and gave a definite start. Where did you get that? Present from Farm Boy, and no, you can't have it back. She tossed her hair. Fighters keepers. Vader hesitated for a breath or two, then turned to Skywalker. I assume you had lost it on Bespin. I got it back, said Skywalker quietly. How? He shrugged. Long story. There was another strained silence. Piet found himself holding his breath again. Vader reached out and laid a hand on his son's shoulder. Then you must stay, he said, and tell it to me. Skywalker's eyebrows shot up. Stay. Vader glanced at Mara Riley. Piet couldn't for the life of him have said how he knew it was Riley. Provided your wife can spare you. His daughter-in-law favored him with a glowing smile. Dear me, I suppose I'll survive somehow. The lady looked very small and fragile from the cockpit of the yacht. Piet watched her dwindle from a ship to a splinter to a speck to an indistinguishable patch of space. Then the stars lurched and Ariadu was millions of clicks behind him. Mara settled back, checking gauges and readouts out of habit, her eyes distant. Perhaps her thoughts, too, lingered behind them. He sank down in his bucket seat, watching the dervishes of liquid lightning outside and try not to feel like a bereaved parent. He'd been the buffer for so long between Vader and the rest of the crew, and without him to interface, gloss over the rough patches, who knew what might happen? Then he thought again of Skywalker in the hangar bay, as openly delighted as any four-year-old could be over the simple fact of his father letting him stay. He smiled. Mara turns to him, and he could see at once that she'd been thinking of the same thing. She smiled, no dangerous ripples this time, just simple pleasure at having seen someone dear to her made happy. Don't worry, Admiral, she murmured. I think they're going to do just fine without us. Piet nodded amiably. I believe you're right, Mum. The text of this story can be found on AO3 and fanfiction.net. The music is Guitar Blues by Sylvester Weaver. Special thanks to Sakiko. For more stories that I've read, visit my website at samgabrielvo.com. And finally, as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>